Welcome to California State of Mind from Cal Matters and Cap Radio. I'm Nigel Duara in Los Angeles. And I'm Nicole Nixon in Sacramento. And this is it. It's our final show. That's right. California State of Mind is wrapping up a year of political discussion. We've been through a presidential election, peak pandemic, a recall, drought, and record-breaking wildfires. What a year. And we'll get back to that in a bit. But first, let's talk with two legends of California political journalism. Carla Marinucci writes the California Playbook for Politico, and Dan Walters is a columnist for Cal Matters. Both have been covering the state for decades. Welcome to California State of Mind. Great to be here. Thanks so much, Nicole. Thank you. Carla, I wanted to ask you because... I was feeling this a little. I'm curious if you were feeling any deja vu after this Newsom recall. Are we just playing out the exact same battles over and over statewide with the same results? Deja vu in the sense of there goes California again being kind of a national you know, curiosity. In this recall, it was. Um, what we've seen over the last couple of decades in covering all these events has been that California is, is not just a coast. It's a country. And California um, has, you know, is a microcosm of so much that's going on. Gavin Newsom always likes to talk about this being America's coming attraction. And what happens in California happens first. Uh, Let's hope the recall situation doesn't move on to the rest of the country uh, uh, as it has here. But I mean, the fact is that what we see here is a very vibrant um, and and increasingly um, divisive political structure here in California. And I think that's got to be the concern as you look at the changes from the 2003 uh, era to, to 2021, that Republicans and Democrats weren't that far apart in 2003. There were only nine points that separated them. Now, of course, Republicans are only are 24 a percentage points voter registration wise. So they've lost a lot of ground. It's one party rule. I think that's a, a, a concern of a lot of people, even Democrats, even some progressives um, who, who like the one party rule uh, that somehow California has to get back to a little more equilibrium uh, when it comes to discussion, debate and yeah, recall politics. Dan, I wanted to ask you, President Biden was out here the day before the recall in Los Angeles. He talked about national, maybe even international implications from the result of the recall. Were there any at all? No, absolutely not. It was a it was a little sideshow conducted in California. It was a curiosity for the rest of the country. You know, if people were saying, well, if the Newsom lost, and it would mean Democrats would be toast or all around the country. No, that's that's the sort of stuff that political <laughs> writers dream up when they have nothing really to write about. And that, that was very evident in, in this case. It was about California. It was about Newsom. It was about the pandemic. It was about a lot of people being left out of California because the Democrats are so dominant. But it was California. It wasn't the nation. It wasn't the world. It wasn't anything else other than that. Well, Newsom and a lot of candidates tried to make it, you know, they made that national sort of uh, tie as well, tried to make it about things like abortion and voting rights. Is that a campaign strategy we can expect to see going into 2022? Well, of course. I mean, the Democrats will run against Donald Trump in 2022, uh, up and down from dog catcher up to United States Senate. And this was this is what happened in California. So it's in that sense, it's a it's a harbinger of what the 2022 election will be like the rest of the country. But it would have been that way even if the recall hadn't happened in California. 
Well, we've been through two elections now since the pandemic hit, and the governor recently signed a bill that makes voting by mail permanent. Every voter will get a ballot in the mail from here on out. Do either of you think that we've sort of settled into a political rhythm with COVID now that it's been, you know, 18 months, people seem to be learning to live with it? I think I think in many ways we have learned to live with it, uh, grudgingly, uh, unhappily perhaps, but we have kind of lived. It's Although it's interesting that there is this odd sort of residual resistance to the whole idea of COVID. It's evident in some of the rural areas, but more in the, the red counties, certainly. But it's also evident, oddly enough, among people who we consider to be first responders, like firemen and policemen and nurses and prison guards. They're all, there's a large number of them who just refuse to go along with the idea of vaccination. It's a bizarre situation. We have reports now of resignations flooding the Los Angeles Police Department by officers who are, who are not going to comply with the vaccination uh, mandate. And, and Dan, I, I think it, what's interesting about what you're saying is, I'm wondering if the governor or, you know, is going to have to at some point come down on some of these folks and say, that's it, uh, you know, if you wanna work for the state of California, you want to work in a police department, you're going to have to get vaccinated. I mean, the prison guards recently um, have been pretty much given that message. Um, but are people going to run out of patience at some point? Speaking of prison guards, it was the judge who said they had to get it. That's not right. The governor. That's the governor right. Refused yeah. to make them go get vaccinated. Yeah, and, and the question is whether you know, police and fire unions, you're right, just like the prison guards have been very big contributors to the governor. And uh, so people are watching. Are there kind of two standards here? For all the governors uh, talk about science, it's obviously a highly politicized situation with him as well if he's not willing to crack down on his own employees, the people he supposedly commands, telling them that they have to get vaccinated. Well, I mean, the legislature's talked about more pressure for vaccines in various ways. Is that something probably expect to see in the session next year? I don't think so. Gavin Newsom is the man on the spot on that thing. The legislature's not going to do it unless he goes along with it. And if he goes along with it, he doesn't need the legislation. He can just he can command it on himself under his emergency powers. So the, the key to this whole thing is the governor. Is he willing to really get tough on vaccinations or not? Well, I want to step back from the pandemic for just a moment and ask, like, what may have gotten missed or forgotten in California policy in this past year or two? Like, what are some things that have taken a, a backseat to the pandemic? I'm just thinking, you know, big movements on climate or energy, news from Silicon Valley that didn't get the attention it might have deserved this past year? I'm still I'm still thinking that they're they're, they're short on housing legislation. They, they kind of nibble at the edges. We did this two big bills this year, the uh, SB9 and SB10, which could have an effect on the margin on the housing situation. But I don't think there is yet the political will to really make it the high priority that it probably deserves. And it's, I think it did. It was going, it was, it was the issue du jour until COVID came along. Somebody's got to take the heat and do it. And it's a very, very complicated and very, very divisive, supposedly blue voting suburban communities out there and around the Bay Area and in Southern California were just saying, we don't want and, and the hottest bed of all of that is Marin County, Gavin Newsom's former home. 
Right. No, exactly. And Dan, you know, I was with uh, the governor today. He was in Oakland uh, where he signed uh, 27 housing bills and brought that up. Exactly. That places like Huntington Beach have sued him over the over this issue, that this is a completely contentious issue. And yes, he's saying the state is about to with his uh, his California comeback uh, plan, 22 billion dollars, that that's going to be an unprecedented investment, 84,000 homes. But the fact is, you know, He's going to have to deliver on that. And, and you're right. The, the war is on with regard to a lot of communities in Marin County and, and Southern California who do not want high rises near transit or whatever. When you talk about other issues that are going to come to the fore and still haven't been addressed is homelessness. I think it's, get, it's at the point, you know, it got some traction during the recall. But the fact is, um, you're getting progressive Democrats who are now saying, I just don't want to see these homeless encampments in my neighborhood in Berkeley anymore or Oakland. I've had very liberal, progressive people say to me, I've always voted Democratic, but I've had it up to here with these homeless encampments. And so far, uh, you know, the governor says he's going to throw $12 billion at it. We'll see what that does. This is an issue that divides Democrats. Yeah. Uh, And it divides Democrats between basically urban Democrats and suburban Democrats affluent suburban Democratic voting suburbs like Marin County and like Pasadena and like a lot of places, they don't want it. And they'll do anything. There's a whole cottage industry now that's built up around how to strategize avoiding the mandates to build housing in your community. The Democrats are going to have to come to terms with that issue at some point. Uh, And it's not and easy, it will not be right. easy. To do. And Nicole, uh, one other issue I would say is right at the forefront and has to be addressed uh, as you go to 2022 is crime, the uptick in crime. You had f- uh, FBI numbers coming out today saying California among the highest in violent crime, homicides up, uh, you know, in, in the double digits. Uh, we asked Newsom about this today. He said, well, you know, we're not as bad as some states and the numbers are, you know, are being controlled. Republicans tried to use it in the recall and they kind of got sidetracked with uh, Trump, COVID, Larry Elder, et cetera. But that, the issue of crime and the uptick in crime, he's going to keep getting questions on that. He's going to keep getting When you're as old as Carla and I, we can remember when crime was the issue that you were in Sacramento. That's right. And it's back, Dan. It was a killer issue. It it killed the Democrats in the 1980s. There you go. Republicans almost became the majority party in the 1980s because of the crime issue. And the Democrats were beside themselves on how to deal with it. And they survived it, obviously, and prospered. But I want to add another issue that is really not getting the attention it deserves, and that's water. Yeah, right. There's a very severe drought. We, we have these periodic droughts. They seem to be getting worse as time goes on. Uh, we are in desperate need for a more comprehensive thinking about water. Uh, whether it's storage or whether desalination, whatever it might be. And it's, it's water is, is probably the single most complicated issue there is in California because of all of the differing stakeholders all coming at it from a slightly different standpoint. And to, to get some consensus on water is very difficult. Governor after governor after governor has tried. Gavin Newsom hasn't tried yet. I, I can remember when Gray Davis first became governor in 1999, one of his first acts was to issue a policy paper on water. 
And the policy paper was, we're not going to make any decisions for eight years. <laughs> and that's pretty much where we are at today. I mean, as you're right, as we're headed into a drought and then he's heading toward re-election, he may have to deliver some very hard he news to people. To, yeah. uh, it, with regard to the, you know, those brown lawns, the drought-resistant plants, we may be having to go back to all that. That's not going to make Californians very happy either, I think. Well, Dan Walters and Carla Marinucci, thank you so much for joining us. It's been so much fun. Pleasure, Nicole. Thanks for having us. All right. In a moment, we'll go back to the beginning of this podcast. Nicole, what is your favorite memory from the early days? I mean, maybe just how, like, young and naive we were. Like, my goal was just to get through the 2020 election. If only we knew. (laughs) If only we knew, man. We'll be right back. It's California State of Mind from Cap Radio in Cal Matters. I'm Nicole Nixon. And I'm Nigel Duara. Well, Nigel, we launched this show a year ago in October 2020. It was six months into the pandemic. We co-hosted it with Elizabeth Aguilera. And that was just before a national election. And we were all thinking about the Golden State's role in this presidential race. And... Back then, you know, this was before anybody could get a COVID vaccine. And at the time, it seemed like a bit of a novelty that the government and the health officials were such a big part of our day-to-day decision-making. Although I guess today, maybe we've gotten used to that a little bit. And that decision-making would be part of what got us to a recall election a year later. So let's take a walk through the highlights, the headlines, the scandals that brought us to now. With the nation watching that recall against Governor Gavin Newsom unfold, as the pandemic still is as much a part of our lives as ever. When we launched this show, we were heading into a very high-stakes election, and there were also a dozen or so consequential measures on the ballot in California. My colleagues at Cal Matters helped us put what was happening into context. Emily Hoven told us about GOP efforts to use what they called ballot harvesting to their advantage. The rules are the rules, and we might as well use them to our advantage, even if we don't actually agree with them ethically. Um, And they said in their letter to the Secretary of State, they're like, we don't like this practice, and we would be fine if you got rid of it, but since it's here, we're going to use it. And I think that even though obviously California is so deep blue and it's going to go for Biden, I still think there's this idea of why should we not put up the best fight that we can, and we're going to use every single tool at our disposal. We also talked about California as a policy lab with Ben Christopher. The policy ideas that come out of California really do sometimes push the envelope of, of progressive governance for, for better or for worse. And Baronda Lyons told us about what impact the pandemic did or maybe didn't have on the 2020 election. This year has just been so, 2020 is just 2020. So it's really hard to make that definitive, this is why or this is why not. Well, after the election, we moved into winter, you know, cases of COVID-19 started spiking and hospitals were filling up. We got new rounds of regional stay-at-home orders. And around this time... As California finds itself in the middle of a COVID-19 surge, California's governor finds himself in the middle of criticism. Was when the The governor went to the French laundry, really making people angry, and that recall campaign picked up steam. 
Yeah, we were really on the uh, good news beat for a while there. <laughs> it was a bleak time. You know, I covered the eviction story and we met Patricia Mendoza, who was facing eviction in Imperial Beach. I was laid off April 5th, uh, 2020, and I didn't get my unemployment until June. We've been going through food donations and I haven't paid my rent for June, July, and August. I'd rather feed my family uh, because unemployment is paying me right now. Um, after, you know, the the big $600 that they were giving an extra, uh, after that, it's right now it's $53 a week and it's not cutting it. That story actually has kind of a happy ending, actually. She went on Good Morning America, she raised a lot of money, and last I heard, she's still in her home with her two kids. But that was not the case for most of the people who faced eviction. Yeah, there was a crush of unhoused people. There still is. Laid-off workers were struggling to get their claims met by EDD, and small business owners were getting whiplashed back and forth between being open and closed because of these pandemic restrictions. The most frustrating thing is, is that you have to be so flexible and try to change your business model like any given week. A couple weeks go by and you're hearing colors and tears and, you know, around us, we have businesses that are ignoring it all. You feel like you're not even operating the business like you normally would. Well, I don't know about you, Nigel, but I started to feel a little more optimistic as we headed into the spring and early summer. Oh yeah, I remember that. People started getting the vaccine, they started getting back out there. We went to state parks. Then... Company time. Cap Radio Scott Rod went on a brew cycle and didn't drink a beer. Yeah, right, Scott, I still don't believe you. Scott did some serious work too, like covering some of the worst wildfires the state has ever seen and all the other stuff. You know, fires don't stop just because there's a pandemic. Fires don't stop because there are other emergencies happening. And also year after year, we're seeing fires increase. And so if that's preventing us from doing the prevention work, that's a problem that would be hard to stop. It'd be a tough cycle to break. Then we started seeing employers asking people to come back to work, to get back in the office. Vaccine mandates came out, schools started reopening, teachers went back to school. But wait, there's a new election season. Nicole, do you remember that? Nicole, do you remember at all the recall, Nicole? <laughs> How could I forget? It was just like, just happened. Although it was interesting that the polls, you know, heading into the recall were like, oh, Newsom's up, Newsom's down, it might be close. How is this gonna end? It was kind of like a college football game or Mahjong. How much is he protected to win by anyway? Wasn't it like in the double digits at one point? The election has not been certified, but he is up by more than 20 points, which in elections is winning in a major landslide. And that got people talking about Newsom's presidential ambitions. And CalMatters' Laurel Rosenhall told us that's not too likely, at least right now. I would say it's way too early to read anything from this election into those kind of like long-term projections. I just, it doesn't seem rational. The amount of that can change in politics, the amount that's unknowable about what would happen between now and then, I just wouldn't go that far. 
Well, that's about it for our last show. But wait a minute. We can't wrap this up without hearing one more time from Elizabeth Aguilera, who launched the show with you, Nicole. Yeah, let's give Elizabeth the last word here. I bet in the future we will look back on 2020 and when bad things happen or it seems like something big is happening, we'll say, this is so 2020. Well, now I feel like that's just the 2020s. California State of Mind is a collaboration of Cal Matters and Cap Radio. We want to take a moment to shout out our incredible team. A huge thank you to Jen Picard for always having a trick up her sleeve and getting it done. And to our engineer, Antonio Munez, for rolling with the punches of producing a show remotely. And Chris Feltz, the promo master. Thanks to Mark Jones for being our technical captain, Randall White for bringing that great energy, and Sally Schilling for steering the ship. And to our social media masters, Emmy Gilbert and Courtney Fong, as well as our marketing folks, Chris Bruno and Margarita Noriega. And finally, a big, big shout out to our leadership, Nick Miller, Joe Barr, and Dave Lesher for allowing us to embark on this adventure. Oh, and Isaac Joel for our theme song, which I get to try and pronounce, Mellifera Ligustica. We really hope that's right. <laughs> and last of all, thank you, our listeners. You are the reason we did this show. Thanks for listening to California State of Mind. That's our show. Support for California State of Mind comes in part from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. 